Hey, David. Hey, David. It's Jim, South Carolina. I enjoyed your podcast today. It's Wednesday, Wednesday's podcast. And you played the voicemail from that Packers fan who was saying there's no way he's singing. You know, there's no way the Packers are going to listen. It just reminded me of a story because you normally don't hear Packers fans talk like that. You normally don't. They're usually like the nicest people until, you know, the alcohol gets flowing. Obviously, we've seen that around the league. But anyway, because there's a story, I don't know if you guys have heard it, from I forget how many years ago. There was a Buccaneers fan went to a Packer, Packers-Bucks game in Lambeau, and he sat down with his, you know, uh, Buccaneers hat on, and a nearby Packers fan knocked it off his head. And immediately, before the Buccaneers fan could do anything, all the other Packers fans around him stood up and told the guy, hey, we don't do that here. Packers fans don't do that. And the guy was so embarrassed, he apologized to him, he bought the guy a couple of beers, and that was the end of it. So I just thought it was kind of funny that here's a Packers fan who's out here, you know, throwing some you-know-what around. So, anyway, just wanted to let you guys know. Enjoy it, man. Hope you guys are doing well. Take care. Bye. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that he and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Please make sure you guys check out yesterday's crossover episode with David and Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. Fantastic stuff as always. And uh, Jim. Thank you very much for the voicemail. It's appreciated. I have had, I have heard that story before, and I want to use it as an opportunity, having just mentioned the crossover Thursday episode and that story, Jim, that you just told that, uh, you know, Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked on Packers, he's been taking some flack on Twitter from Buccaneers fans and I understand, you know, we're we're having some fun doing the the trash talking, and we had Matt call in with with some fun trash talk, and we had uh, Dorian uh, who kind of started things off with that voicemail on Wednesday, and he was having some fun. That's great. It, it's it is fun doing that kind of thing. Keep it respectful because you know I I saw some things uh, that that were being said towards Peter that were far from respectful, and uh, I. Um, I was a little surprised that that our listeners would would attack him in the fashion in which they did. So I just ask, you know, you want to have some fun, have some fun. We appreciate it. We find a lot of fun in it. Just make sure that you're you're being respectful to all parties involved. Otherwise, you know, it, it's not fun anymore. But David, we are going to dive in to our final preview of the NFC Championship. I mean, the Bucks are playing. In the NFC Championship, this is still, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around it, but we have to start things off with the injury report, which it's a long list for both sides, and uh, and some big names are involved. So, David, why don't you kick us off with the Buccaneers side of, uh, of that report? Yeah, so dropping Thursday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, only two DNPs. There is a long list of players, but only two DNPs. Uh, both of them are repeats. Wide receiver Antonio Brown not practicing on Thursday or Wednesday. And then Jason Pierre-Paul also not practicing Wednesday or Thursday, although JPP is listed with knee 
slash not injury related and it's the same knee he's been playing with since i think what like week 15 is is when that thing really first started bothering him so really you know without a setback uh no reason to think that jpp is not going to play antonio brown you know there, there's still the possibility of course and obviously uh honestly i, I james i saw you tweet earlier i think he's going to play i think you think he's going to play most people probably expect him to be active of course never say never but you know it's the nfc championship game and honestly AB really just needed to get up to football speed, and I think he's there. So if he misses practice all week and then goes out there to play in Lambo, I don't think you're going to see that much of a drop-off. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, all limited participants two days in a row with their lingering uh, injuries. Jeremiah Ledbetter, a full participant, that's good news as the Buccaneers try to get Vita Vea back on the field as well. You already know, I mean, again, unless there's a setback on Friday, you know that Jeremiah Ledbetter at least is going to come back and join that defensive front any type of support at this stage stage in the game is, is going to be important. Um, Ali Marpet listed on the on the injury report, the pectoral injury, but he's been a full participant on both days. Sean Murphy bunting, limited participant, so he should he looks like he's on the path to be good to go. And then Jordan Whitehead with a knee has been a limited participant all week. Antoine Winfield Jr. just popping up today with an ankle injury, um, but is a full participant as well. So uh, not so. I don't know. He's he's listed, but probably not much to, to be worried about there, James. Uh, what do you think about the Buccaneers injury report? And then what do we got going on in Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Antonio Brown plays there. There was no structural damage to the knee, and you know he's in football shape. He would be ready to go. He knows the playbook, all those things. I think it's similar to when Mike Evans injured his knee in Week 17. He wasn't participating in practice, but he was a go. Um, I have no concerns at all about Antonio Brown's status for the game. JPP didn't practice all last week. He was still a go. Uh, I, I think it's going to be the same thing this week. And, and look, a lot of these practices, as we've we've seen beat reporters and, and other NFL people say, um, a lot of these are just glorified walkthroughs at this point in the year. I mean, these, these four teams are playing a longer season than 28 other NFL teams. They know what they need to do. They, they don't need to, you know, be going 100% in practice when you have the most important game of a lot of these players' lives coming up. So, uh, you know, Antonio Brown to me, he'll play. JPP will play. Uh, I have no question in my mind at this point in time. I think Vita Vea not only plays but starts. It sounds like things are looking great for him. On the Packers side of the ball, it's pretty much the same as it was yesterday. You have a lot of limited participants. Uh, you did have Mercedes Lewis, the tight end. He's listed with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday, did not participate on Thursday. And then you have safety Will Redman with a knee injury. He was a full participant Wednesday. He dropped down to a limited participant on Thursday. The other limited participants, I'm going to run through this real fast because it's the rest of their injury report. Linebacker Chris Barnes, kicker Mason Crosby, running back A.J. Dillon, defensive lineman Kingsland Kiki, uh, wide receiver Alan Lazard, linebacker Zadarius Smith, wide receiver Equimonius St. Brown, tackle Rick Wagner, and running back Jamal Adams, all limited participants. Uh, I think it's going to be the same thing with the Packers as it is with the Bucks. You see these guys limited. You see some guys dropping from limited to, to DNPs. I think they're all going to be a go. This is this is the NFC Championship. If you're not out there, you know, play as as Leonard Fournette said to Ronald Jones, "F the injury. This is the playoffs." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's the playoffs. You know, and we talked about it with Jake Arians as well in this very show. Like, it's you know, until Friday drops and you see what the final disposition is. You know, if a guy is not listed as out 
then he's probably playing. If he's listed as doubtful, then he might be playing. I mean, so yeah, most of these guys are probably going to be a go. You you might have the occasional player that is going to miss this game, but for the most part, you expect them to go. Kingsley Kiki is a big one to watch. So uh, on that Packers defensive front, if he doesn't go for whatever reason, then that could have a big ripple effect on this game on Sunday. Yeah, that certainly is one to watch. He's got to get through that concussion protocol. He's limited right now, but limited also means that, you know, he's going through the protocol. He's got certain steps he has to achieve and and pass and then get cleared by an independent uh, neurological expert. So that is that is certainly one to watch. It, it would be interesting if Kiki is unable to go. So, David, lots coming up. Uh, for the rest of this episode. But first, we have to give a couple of shout outs to some friends of ours. Uh, First and foremost, this episode is brought to you in part by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launched exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings officially launched on January 18th, and you can check it out exclusively at Blue Nile. Com. You know what tastes better than a diamond ring, James? Lots of things. Maybe a Cuban sandwich. Cuban sandwich definitely tastes better than a diamond ring. But uh, a dark chocolate cookie dough built bar also tastes better than a diamond ring. I don't I don't I don't encourage anybody there to eat diamond rings, but I do encourage you to eat built bars. Listen, you can't get the dark chocolate cookie dough built bars anymore. It was a special limited edition. I got two boxes myself, and I'm definitely happy that I did. But if you missed out on that, guys, there are still 18 amazing flavors at BillBar.com that you can enjoy if you choose to do so, including cookies and cream, cherry barcia, banana bread, which is one of my favorites, mint brownie, which this household, I, I think we order a box of mint brownie built Bars once every two weeks just to make sure that we have them in stock for everybody in this house that loves them. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, guys, they're healthy. They're great for health-conscious people, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight, while indulging in delicious treat, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for those of you on the keto diet. And right now, if you go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED when you check out, you will get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtbar.com. Segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast coming up right now. Hey guys, my name is Nikhil from Washington, D.C. I am uh, a Packers fan, born in Wisconsin, left when I was young, still follow them. So I'm letting you know ahead of time I'm I'm calling from the other side. I have a question, though, for you. I love I loved listening to some of your podcasts. I was listening to uh, trying to get a scoop on, on the Bucks um, going into this uh, 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 NFC Championship game. And it seems to me over the last two years under the floor, his short tenure in the Packers, that the, the Packers have lost some games badly to teams that have pretty much the same recipe, some great edge rushers, fast defense, uh, and then a quarterback with uh, able to throw, throw particularly to tight ends on the other side. Seems to be uh, what the Bucks, Bucks uh, look like to me. Um, is there anything that you guys see, uh, have seen since week six, that would suggest that uh, the Bucks aren't that same team that uh, that embarrassed the Packers? And uh, any reason you, you think that this isn't just going to be a repeat of, of that. I uh, appreciate your thoughts and look forward to hearing more from you guys over the next few days. 
Bye-bye. 2021 rolling towards the end of its first month. And if you've been a Buccaneers fan, you've probably enjoyed most of this month as you've watched your team win, get win after win after win, heading to this weekend's NFC Championship game. And hopefully you've also been participating and making a little bit of money off of this winning streak that the Buccaneers have been going on. If not, you still have time to get involved in all the action. All you got to do is listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports to get involved in all of that. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. So subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Nikhil, Packers fan, thank you very much for the voice. That's two in one week, James, and, and I'm absolutely loving this interaction from the other side of this matchup with our show, both on social media and here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. We appreciate the phone call, and we have... Obviously, since you send in that voicemail, we have had a couple of conversations about what the difference is between this team in week six and what it is now. But we're also going to dive a little bit deeper into what you might expect as a Packers fan from this Buccaneers team this weekend by telling you what we kind of expect or what we want to see, need to see in order for the Buccaneers to be successful. And James, we're going to start that off with our keys to a Buccaneers victory against that Green Bay Packers team. So why don't you go ahead and kick off with your first key of this game? Run the ball. When the Bucs did it in week six, they did it incredibly effectively. Ronald Jones finished with 113 yards, two touchdowns. Keyshawn Vaughn, 42 yards on five carries. The Bucs had a total of 158 rushing yards as a team compared to 94 by the Packers. They were able to control the tempo, control the clock, wear down the defense. And the big difference, David, that week six Packers defense, they did not face playoff Lenny Leonard Fournette did not play in that game so now they're going to be going up against the one-two punch of playoff Lenny and Ronald Jones which should be able to help the Bucks grind this out slow down the game get those tough yards in bad conditions and have these long sustained drives finishing in hopefully seven rather than three, because that's how you're going to have to beat the Packers. James, that's a very good key to this victory, running the ball. And I I just want to drop some information on all of our listeners right now. The Packers defense, James, in the the regular season, allowed an average of 112.8 rushing yards per game, which tied for 13th in the NFL. So kind of right there in the middle, which isn't bad, right? I mean, you agree that's not a bad per game average, right? Right, right. But here's the thing. They averaged 4.55 yards per carry, which is 21st in the National Football League. So absolutely exploit that weakness in that Packers defense. See if you can do it again. That's not an anomaly. That's a four and a half yard per per carry average for the entire season. Speaking of defenses, though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up my keys to victory with the Buccaneers defense. And James, the Green Bay Packers had a very impressive performance against the Los Angeles Rams, the top defense in the National Football League, right? Last season, or last week, rather, in the divisional round. Second, the Rams defense second in the NFL during that during the regular season with a 9.67% sack per pass attempt rate. Now, Tampa Bay was not much worse, but they were, you know, obviously not up, up at the top with them. They were seventh in the NFL with 7.78%. So my defensive key of this game, James, is going to be get the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I understand the 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 stats of Aaron Rodgers against the Blitz and all that stuff. But listen, the Los Angeles Rams, do you know, going back to last weekend, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, do you know how many times the Rams defense sacked Aaron Rodgers? I do not because I was at my son's hockey game and I didn't see any of it. Zero. But not only that, James, do you know how many times they hit Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to go with also zero. Once. One time. The second best defense in sacks per pass attempt rate. One time they hit Aaron Rodgers. 
A lot of people have been saying Aaron Donald's injury was not that big of a deal. He's just one man. Guys, this is Aaron stinking Donald. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers played this offense, played against Aaron Rodgers and this offensive line. Actually, the offensive line might have been better when they played them last time without Vita Vea. So if they have to go in there without Vita Vea this time, they have Steve McClendon, who they didn't have when they played the Packers defense or offense last time. And they got how many sacks against the Packers last time, James? Five. Now, that may be a little bit of an anomaly. Maybe they can't get five. But you know what? If they get three sacks on Aaron Rodgers and they get three or four more quarterback hits on Aaron Rodgers, that's going to get into anybody's head. That's going to make any quarterback a little bit jumpy. So that's what they got to do. they got to reinvest in getting to the quarterback, understanding that the same tricks you pulled last time, probably not going to work this time. And, and Todd Bowles is probably the best defensive mind to be in that room coming out, coming up with new ideas. But that's what they've got. That's my defensive key. Continue to get the pressure. Do what the second best pass rushing defense according to sack rates in the NFL couldn't do last week get to a rod last time as as we just said five sacks against the Green Bay Packers you have to be able to get home and without Bakhtiari lining up there is no reason why Shaq or JPP should not be able to come screaming off that edge and get to Aaron Rodgers. You force him into mistakes, which will lead me to my defensive key. Look, I don't expect the Buccaneers to take the ball away the way they did in week six. I don't expect them to take the ball away at the rate that they did against the New Orleans Saints. What I do expect is this secondary, you have to be physical within the limitations of the rules, and you cannot give these cushions. You have to get up on the line, you have to pop them, and you have to get them uncomfortable and get them off their timing. These corners have to be right up in their faces on the line of scrimmage all day long absolutely i think we all expect an aggressive defense and we want to see an aggressive defense and if they can get home in the pass rush and they can secure things on the back end things will go very very well for the tampa bay buccaneers squad i mean james we've seen this defense step up in one game in the postseason we've seen the offense step up in one game in the postseason so now would be a perfect time for both sides to step up right perfect time to do that um which is going to lead me into my offensive key to this game you look at these pass pass blocking numbers for Rob Gronkowski and some of the lowest numbers in this season have also led to some of the biggest struggles for this offense. Okay. The, we've already chronicled this sometimes before, but if you haven't heard them recently, the New Orleans Saints, Rob Gronkowski stayed into pass block a combined five times in both regular season games against the New Orleans Saints. All right. He stayed in the block three times against Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, during the postseason, they st- he stayed in a block 11 times against the Washington football team. That is when we saw this team, this offense really kind of get humming. In the divisional round against New Orleans Saints, James, Rob Gronkowski stayed in the pass block three times. And granted, they won the game, and I got that, but we all talked. We talked after that game about some of those offensive struggles, not being able to find the end zone without having a, tur- a turnover, a sudden change defense on the field. Listen, against Green Bay Packers last time, eight targets, five catches for 78 yards for Gronk. Keep Rob Gronkowski in pass protection because you know this Green Bay Packers defense is going to be selling out to get pressure on Tom Brady and use Cameron Brait just like you did against New Orleans Saints. Against Packers in week six, Brait had one target, one catch for three yards. I want to see those numbers flip. I want to see Cam Brait with eight targets, five catches, 78 yards, and I want to see Gronk. I'm okay with him getting more targets, but Gronk needs to stay in to pass at least 10 times in this game, or to pass protect, rather, at least 10 times in this game to prevent that Packers defense from doing what we know they're going to do, sell out to get pressure on Tom Brady. I understand, you know, that that offensive game plan. I'm a little surprised. I actually kind of expect a big game out of Rob Gronkowski because this Packers defense, they don't have a Chase Young. But your point, 
makes a ton of sense. If he's staying in and pass blocking, then all of a sudden he just kind of turns around and gets a little flick to the wrist from Brady. He can pick up some crucial yards at a crucial moment. Like I said, I expected a bigger game out of Rob Gronkowski than we've seen in the first two weeks, but your offensive game plan makes a lot of sense for the Buccaneers to have success. Yeah. And listen, even if he's pass blocking for 10, 11 snaps, he's still, he's going to run block for, I don't know, call it 15 to 20 snaps. That still leaves him a good amount of snaps going to run routes. So I'm not calling for Rob Gronkowski to not have any receptions, but I think while you're having Gronk stay in to help pass protect against that Packers defense, I think is really going to, like I said, sell out to try to get Tom Brady nervous off his spot, whatever you want to call it. I think you can take advantage of Cam Brady, who has a, a similar level, I think, of receiving ability at this point in Rob Gronkowski's career. Get some catches there, force that defense to not only deal with an extra blocker in Rob Gronkowski, but also deal with a receiving tight end and Cameron Brake going down the field. And you know what, man? After like three drives, if Rob is coming, coming over and going, Byron, bro, I am bored out here in pass protection, dude. Like, I am doing nothing. Okay, fine. If, if your offensive line shows we don't need Rob, then by all means, unleash him. Let him loose. You know what I mean? But... Start with him in there so that if you need him, you have him. You'd rather have him and not need him than need him and not have him, right? You don't need him 10 yards down the field while Tom Brady's getting sacked. Keep him in. Make sure that Tom Brady's good. If, again, if Rob comes over and says, dude, this is boring, then go ahead and release him downfield and let him catch some balls. David, uh, real quick before we move on, I have to give one more shout-out. And, of course, it's some good friends of ours. It's one place that we trust and one place that has you covered. It's Bet Online. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Right now, the Buccaneers are three point underdogs against the Green Bay Packers. You want to know some of the things that you can bet on for this game over at betonline.ag? First half margin of victory, first offensive play of the game, being a pass or a rush, first team to use a challenge, tons of stuff for this game, and it's the same over on the AFC side. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action? Listen to Locked On NFL every Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by a betting expert and analyst from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview and Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. David, Wrapping everything up on an NFC Championship Friday. And we have to get into our usual pregame antics, bold predictions, score predictions. But first, we got a voicemail. And we wanted to make sure to find time to play it. So let's hear from this Bucks fan. Hey, what's going on, man? This is Manny. I live in Atmore, Alabama now. But Tampa native. Uh, grew up, went to high school there. Been a Bucks fan since I was born. I just want to say a couple of things, man, because I was just hearing today's episode and, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that your show exists, bro. I mean, I just, 
love talking about bugs and just hearing about it. So I appreciate what you guys are doing every day. Um, keep it going. I live in Atmore. Just Google what that is, man. And, and I'm surrounded by saints, and and they they just kept asking me what. It's been two, you know, twice this year. What do you think you're gonna do differently? And I I just remember saying, hey, man, this time, this time it's gonna be the difference. That the, our defense that's gonna make a difference. Um, I'm serious, man. It was like a prophecy. Nobody's saying it, but this year's Bucks team feels like the 2002 Bucks team that won the Super Bowl. If everybody remembers history, almost the whole season on that on that 2002 Super Bowl year, we had a game in every almost every every our game something bad happened to us in that game, and then our our defense would just light it up. Guess what, Aaron Rodgers? We got something for you, man. The feel, it, whether it's whether it's warm or not, we're gonna come in there and we're gonna do the same thing we did in Philadelphia, man. We went into Philadelphia, nobody saw we could do it, nobody knew no, nothing, and look at that. We Donovan McNabb and all of them went down. Um, it's the same thing this year. We got Tom Brady, we got the gold. They can say anything about it. Um, I'm just proud of what we've done. I see our defense just even getting better and. Uh, Go Bucks to the day I die, man. God bless. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate you. Appreciate all of the kind words. And David, let's go ahead and dive into this, man. We got our bold predictions up first, and um, I get to go first. And my bold predictions are always better than yours anyway. So, wow. look, it's been a, a tough couple of games for Chris Godwin. Uh, he's had some really bad drops. Been very uncharacteristic. Uh, as far as his performances. So my bold prediction for this week, and I hope it goes better than my uh, Antonio Brown pick last week because whew, that was not good. Chris Godwin is going to break out in this one and he is going to help spark this team. He will be the leading receiver for the Bucks in terms of targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And my little cherry on top, zero drops. Zero drops for Chris Godwin in this game. That's a good one. And uh, I hope for Chris that it comes through because, you know, he's beating himself up about his postseason performance up to this point. All right, James, that's a good bold prediction. So for my bold prediction, I'm going to kind of stick with the defensive side of things. And if you've been listening this week, you already heard me mention, but Aaron Jones, the last time the Buccaneers and Packers played, Aaron Jones was held to his career worst yards per attempt average and rushing with one and a half yards against Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he has more five or more carries in an NFL game. And obviously that means that was his worst yards per attempt average this season as well, right? Well, his second lowest number, James, was 3.54 yards, which he got in week 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a Packers win. But again, like I said, when the Packers are held to under 100 yards rushing as a team, they have just a plus four point differential. They only beat the Jaguars by four points. So it shows you that as great as Aaron Rodgers is, as great as Devontae Adams is, if you keep this rushing game for the Green Bay Packers in check, you have an opportunity to beat them. You have a chance to come away with a win. I'm going to split the difference here, James. I'm not going to predict that they're going to set a new career low because that's kind of a high task to ask for this Buccaneers defense. That would be a little extra bold. But I'm going to split the difference here. So I'm going to go that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rush defense will keep Aaron Jones to two and a half yards per carry or less on Sunday night. I love that. I love that. That's uh that's a big key to victory. If you can turn the Packers into a one-dimensional team like they did the first time around, well, guess what? Now you can unleash those pass rushers that you pointed out in segment two 
were so vital to uh, helping the Bucks win this game. David, it's time for score predictions. I'm going to point this out when we did our playoff prediction piece over at BucksNation.com. You and I were the only ones that predicted the Buccaneers to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. In fact, I think there was only one additional person at the site that even had them getting this far. They're all I think a lot of people had them losing to the Saints in round two. And um, so the only articles that people should read at BucksNation.com are ours, is what you're saying. No, read all of them, but just know that yours and mine are always going to be the best. <laughs> Also, if the Bucks win, we did promise Scott Smith that he would come back on uh, before the Super for Bowl. the Super Bowl preview. Yep. So with all that in mind, let's make that happen. David, it's going to be another tight one. It's going to be another nail biter. We're probably going to have nervous breakdowns, but at least we don't have to wait all the way until 640 for the game to start. We get the early one. We can get it out of the way. And I'm taking the Packers to lose by three. 31-28, Bucks move on to Super Bowl Derek Brooks. <laughs> Super Bowl Derek Brooks, I love it. So listen, uh, the Buccaneers are 10-0 this year in games where they reach 30 points or more. The Packers are 12-1 in games where they hit 30 points or more. The Packers have allowed 30 points or more four times and are 2-2. Two two. The Buccaneers have allowed 30 points three times and are one and two. The first team to 30 wins this game. Buccaneers 38 to 31. Yes, that's the same prediction I had last week, and it came true, so I'm going to go with it again. Buccaneers 38, Packers 31. The score wasn't accurate, but the first team to 31 is what I'm saying, okay? That's going to happen again in this game. Buccaneers get there first. Aaron Rodgers is forced to try to put a game-tying drive together and is intercepted by Antoine Winfield Jr. because, I don't know, his dad played for the Vikings, and I just want to see the world burn. That's my prediction. <laughs> All right, and one little, one last nugget that I will drop on you that my dad actually sent me today. You've already seen this, but, you know, I want to share it with our listeners. Tom Brady currently has the longest streak in NFL history. This is still an active streak of not throwing an interception in a road game, his last road game interception was week one against the New Orleans Saints. So he has gone nine straight road games, which is a full season when you think about it. You only get eight and eight. So these are these are bonus ones now. Nine straight road games without throwing an interception. Hopefully he can get to number 10 this weekend. Can I just mention something? Sure. That pick six against the Saints came on an out route. It did. Last week, Tom Brady almost threw an interception on an out route. And if you remember on television, everybody read his lips. He said, stupid effing throw. Please do not throw any out routes in frigid temperatures in Lambeau Field Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, whatever. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, let's let's not do that. And with that, David, we're out of here. It's our um, in our long podcasting lives. It is our first of hopefully many NFC championship previews, and hopefully it's not our final preview of the season. Thank you to all those who called in, Jim, who led off the show, Nikhil, 
the Packers fan who called in. Hopefully we answered your question with our keys to victory for the Buccaneers so you kind of know what to be looking for on the Buccaneers side of the ball. And, of course, Manny, who kicked off segment three. We appreciate each and every one of you. After the game, of course, call in with your reactions to 813-444-5841. This is it. The NFC Championship, the Bucs are one of the final four standing, and uh, it's it's going to take their best performance of the season to move on to the biggest game of their careers. As Tom Brady always says, the next ring is always my favorite ring, and I think he wants to kind of notch his name in another record book of being a, uh, a quarterback to win a Super Bowl in his home stadium, the first one ever. It's going to mean a lot to him, but he's going up against Aaron Rodgers, who is in his fifth NFC championship and has not fared well uh, his last couple of chances. So it'll be a great game. It'll be a tough game. I'm excited for it. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. We will see you again on Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other, especially locked on Packers host Peter Bukowski. Be nice to him. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.